Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those 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 boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Okay, it's all Ireland final weekend, and I guess just in case it's the year Mayo finally do the business, I probably need to lay my Mayo roots on the table here, guys. Murph, Ken, Owen, hello all there, Owen. Going on with the Irish Times Second Captains podcast. Hedging your bets after just uh, fifteen seconds of this podcast. Huh? You're hedging your bets, obviously. You're oh, gonna, I am. You're going to yeah. tell us about how about how much of a Mayo man you are. Well, Murph, I received a short essay this morning. Go on. Uh, an essay written by Owen McDevitt. Circa 1990. Ah, uh, school essay again entitled Mayo. <laughs> Just nice. Mayo. Yeah, it's the title. Okay. Exclamation mark or I don't need any mayo. of your I don't need any of your sneering. It's, it's this isn't an Owen's poems. This is this is okay. this is something I wrote as a child, Ken. So you can't critique this too strongly. So well, ten-year-old so Owen will be hurt by this. What did you put? So it's a short essay. I'll read it. Out. I go to Mayo for my summer holidays. I go there because some of my relations on my grand side of the family live there. Some live in Kilchima and some live in Bohola. I usually go to Kilchima. <laughs> what do you got to get to Bohola? <laughs> exactly. That's just not much there, Murphy. Have you been to Bohola? I have indeed been to Bohola. It's a beautiful part of the world. Beautiful part of the world. But there's not much there. Well, yeah. For a city slicker like Okay, myself. fair enough. Fair enough. It, I continue. Ten-year-old me continues. In 1984, I went there for my first time. But I was too young to remember it. <laughs> nice included. I don't know why I included that. Okay. Point, no, no, it's nice. It's, it's nice to know that even before you were fully sentient, male was a part of your, your being. Your in, soul. in 1988, it took my mum, who was driving my sister and I up there, about three and a half hours to get there. I was only there for a week, but in that week, I did a lot of things. There was a restaurant with arcade games at the back. I spent a lot of money on the games. There was a bakery with lovely chocolate donuts. There was a shop called <laughs> Smith's. They had cheap 5p bars. I spent about £1.10 on those alone. There was also a ball ground. I had a ping pong ball, so I played with it there. I think I mean handball. I think it's a handball yeah, alley. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. definitely a handball alley in Kilchamal. Could, could still be there. I haven't been there for a long time. Yep. Well, I Probably go, used like most left. of the, the handball alleys of rural Ireland. Uh, for teenagers to get drunk. <laughs> That's what that was. Yeah. I was. These guys seem... Yeah, anyway. In 1989, there was a new shopping centre there. Everything was cheaper than in Dublin. There was also a new chip shop. Uh, it was much smaller than the other one, and it only had two arcade games. But I still played them. I hope. <laughs> I, I love the old arcade games. Food and arcade games appear to be the... 
the the mid yeah. The, I hope the next time, the ne- I hope the next time I go and enjoy myself as much as I did the other times. It's from ten year old Oma Devon, huh? You oh, that's that? nice. That's very that's good. Do you know what's amazing? Chocolate I, donuts. I, I'm looking at this now. My mom, my mom has, has been right all these years. My mom has this theory that I used to have really nice handwriting, and mm. that because I broke my fingers a couple of times playing Gaelic football, it's gone basically gone to shit. Murphy. Yeah, Not your handwriting mother. is terrible. Well, yeah, like so. Can give me the wow. first, give me the first four words. That's quite pretty, isn't it? It's quite good writing. It's quite, um, it's quite feminine. I would, the, say, I would have assumed this was a little girl's handwriting. Uh, does he have like a little love heart instead of a dot over his eyes? What he has, what he has got is very, is very neat cursive script. Mm-hmm. It almost yeah. looks like an example handwriting from a textbook. Really? Yeah. And I've okay. seen his handwriting now. It looks like it looks like he's had a brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, give me the first four words of that game. First, first sentence. I'll write it down for you now yeah. and see see how you. Well, like. Don't worry. We, what, we'll what, what, we'll what, tweet what this photograph of uh, Owen's essays from 1990. Okay. Uh, I go to Mayo yeah. for my summer holidays. Okay. That, I that, go be there. Enough. No, for my summer holidays. Enough. It is a podcast. People probably might get bored with me okay. just sitting here writing. Yeah. Summer holidays. This is honestly how I. How what I happened? Write that what happened, Owen? Can you describe what that looks like? I mean, it's it, it's really it looks ugly. less like it. It looks more like a ten-year-old's writing than your ten-year-old self's writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cra- cra- crabbed and nasty. That's how I describe <laughs> that handwriting. <laughs> Murph Jim McGuinness speaking to the Irish Times this week. Yep. Usually, I go to Jim McGuinness for tactical analysis because he thinks about the game in a way that few others do, mm-hmm. and he's usually very well able to articulate it in print. But he said, "So, I, so I'm looking for what's the, what's the master plan here? What's the blueprint for Mayo to beat Dublin?" Well, he talked about not so much a system or a new tactic, a state of mind is what McGuinness talks about this week. I believe if Mayo are to win on Sunday, they have to introduce an element of anarchy to the day. So he basically says they have to go around being obsessively crazy about winning the game and not allowing themselves to lie down and lose. I don't know if Jim McGuinness has just written the tactical blueprint to beat Dublin enough at this stage that he decided there's not much point doing it again, or whether this game truly is about the just the desire not to be beaten. Hmm. Well, first of all, he should everyone the template of how to beat Dublin by you know beating Dublin with his Donegal team and uh, I think I'm not entirely sure it was was either his first column or his second column where I know what all of you are thinking it's uh, how do we beat Dublin Mm -hmm. so here goes here are a couple of things that I've jotted down about how various teams can beat Dublin and kind of since then I mean I don't know what more you want from the man Mm -hmm. I mean he can only put it as boldly as he can and I actually really like the column. Uh, the, I really like the column uh, this week, uh, James column, because yeah, like I, I, the the idea of it all is that come all Ireland final day, you do actually have to bring something. Like something different has to be brought to the table if you're Mayo. I mean, if you're Dublin, maybe not. I mean, we'll we'll talk to Oshimi Conville and Caramani in a few minutes about that, about whether we can just depend on what Dublin bring, whether everyone knows what Dublin are going to bring, and it's up to Mayo to. to to bring to to break that down, I mean, I think if you're Mayo, something different has to happen. Yeah, but all, all McGuinness is talking about really is a manic attitude towards winning and a never say die kind of an ethos, which I would have thought is a fairly basic requirement of any All Ireland yeah. final team. I, th- I, th- I think what he was writing about was right. Okay, we know you have that. We have to have something more than that. We have it, to win more. Yeah, yeah. That's basically it's like a Trumpian outlook. They they have to they have to basically look on themselves as sad losers if they don't go and uh, and 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 do the business on Sunday. Well, we're going to be talking to someone who has been there a bunch of times from AO three All Ireland finals. Mickey Conroy has played in, including the last time these two counties played each other in the decider, which was won by Dublin. 
And I scored around a 212 to 113. It's one of those funny you games. You got to 114. To 114. Sorry, yeah. there's a point in it. And it. For some reason, I don't know, it doesn't feel like... I don't remember it as one of those games that, that, that Mayo threw away or that was really there from them, but clearly it was. And, and when Andy Moran scored his goal, it was... Uh, the game was particularly tight, and it just sort of fell away. There was no, there was there, there was a strange flatness to that as all our finals go. Mm. I felt in the last fifteen twenty minutes of that game. Yeah, there was. It was. Uh, it kind of trundled along to its conclusion without ever reaching the sort of crescendo that you would expect an all Ireland final mm. that ends in a one point victory to reach. And I think maybe that's a big element of it. For that's the last time we have been in an all Ireland final. And there's a big element of regret there. I think that for whatever reason, it passed a lot of people by in the stands, in, you know, f- uh, from a management point of view, the players. It just, it never caught fire for Mayo at all. And yet they were a, a point behind, uh, a point behind at the at the final whistle. So, I mean, you know, I, I it's like, it's gas. You look at all these games that they've played against Dublin. It's not, you know, they, it. Everyone is presuming that this game is going to go a certain way, and Dublin will win it by three or four points, or maybe five or six points. I, you know, I, I, I don't see it like that. I mean, I like I tip Mayo in, in April, and I, I just have a sneaking suspicion this uh, this weekend. I, I do actually think that Mayo are going to win this game. Well, ten-year-old Owen McDevitt would be delighted with that, Murph. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say. Oshin McConville and Carl Mannion are ready to go, lads. How are you? Hey, Owen. Oh, good morning. Uh, I should apologise to you first of all, Oshin, for dragging you through the traffic today. Every radio station I turn on, there are people giving out about the bus strike. Were you okay? I was fine. I didn't realise you knew so many taxi men in in Dublin. Every one of them was flashing their lights at me. You can use the. The taxi corridor and no, there's a bus there's, lane. No, there's been a little bit of a dispute on that over the last. Well, I remember, that, that, I remember that for the way home. <laughs> <laughs> excitement levels, lads. Excitement levels for this All Ireland compared to others. Um, not as much maybe as uh, other finals where Mayo have been in. Uh, where yeah, in the West you'd get a real sense that you know Mayo are coming. Things are going great. They're getting very excited. Doesn't seem to that same sense at the moment for this game. Why not? I, they're, they're there now. I think it's their level of performance just during the year. They haven't got the same kind of momentum and the same kind of groundswell of support that the, the, the fans are going as crazy and getting carried away with themselves that they have before. I just haven't got that sense again. And it just seems like uh, it's more hope than expectation this time for Mayo. And it's a, it's a big hope uh, that they're going into this game. Dublin are playing so well and have been operating at such a high level this year. When they were put to the pins of their collar the last day against Dublin, uh, they responded so well, uh, change up tactically, uh, and then closed the game out in, in like professional fashion. And just Mayo haven't played at anything near, near their level, and that's why it seems more hope than expectation now this time. And it's not just it's not just that. I think it's the scars of the past, but I don't think they're scars anymore. They're actual open wounds at this stage. I was in uh, Mayo last weekend in Lewisburg, which is quite a way away when yeah. you live in Crossman Lane. And on the way home was in Charlestown, and there was no hype. There was very little flags. It just wasn't the same Mayo as I'd seen before all Ireland's before. That could be, that could be Isn't the difference. That a good thing? That, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That could be a difference. It just could be cold and calculated, and, and that's in a way what they've been. But if you drill down into it a little bit more, the worrying thing, most worrying thing for me, is the last three, four, five minutes against their own when they tried their best to do a Mayo. And, and give that game up but they've seen it out uh, they have a lot more questions to answer this weekend there's a lot more variables with Mayo this weekend Dublin know if you're in the Dublin camp this week you know exactly what you're doing 
you know exactly what the plan is it hasn't wavered that much from what it has been the whole of the year regardless of the opposition males they've tweaked they've twisted they've um changed things don't get me wrong they're in an all Ireland final so they've done something right but I don't know who's going to play sweeper this weekend. I don't know if they're going to play a sweeper. Uh, the midfield pairing is up, still up for discussion. There's a lot of things that, that Mayo have. There's yeah. a lot of questions around what Mayo do this weekend. Aren't Dublin asking themselves the same questions about Mayo, though? And isn't that a help? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, as you say, Dublin know exactly what they're going to do. Mayo know exactly what Dublin are going to do. Um, you know, and in the last couple of years, Mayo have changed it around, have changed... Uh, sweepers around and it's actually kind of it's worked for them you know like they, like they have shown an ability you know under two different managements to change things to tailor things to the team that they're playing and it's come off for them so I mean you know it's it's, it's not like the challenge that they're going to face this weekend is something that they haven't faced before everyone knows what's coming down the track so maybe we should back them to come up with something that's, that that could work under their old style of play, like Mayo got to some really high levels, for example, uh, going to the final in 2012 and 2013, under their old style of play, I don't think they've been anywhere near that level of play under the new style. Why is why the sweeper system has worked, like last year, Barry Mooring as Tony Gall, this year on occasion with uh, Kevin McLaughlin, they haven't got to the level that they need to get to, to beat Dublin with the new system yet. And and that's why I wouldn't have the same confidence as I might have had before Mayo going into big games to, that they'll win. I just can't see them getting close to the level Dublin are playing at based on what they've done this year with the new system. Yeah, it's a funny one because we talk about all these new systems and usually in sport that involves a change of personnel. You, a manager sees a certain way of playing and decides, right, I'm going to bring in the people who are going to make this happen. But like Tipperary, back, for instance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like You can say Michael Ryan made a decision to change how Tipperary play and he brought in players to implement that, that style. I was looking back at the Mayo team that played Donegal Four, this is four years ago David Clark and goal Kevin Kane Jer Cafferty Keith Higgins also well Cafferty's injured but we'll probably be playing Lee Keegan Donald, Lee Keegan, Donald Vaughan Colin Boyle Barry Morden Aidan O'Shea Kevin McLaughlin Jason Doherty Alan Dillon Enda Varley Killian O'Connor Michael Conroy so a couple of the full forward line gone but the rest of it's the same guys so, which I don't know if that just shows up that, that there isn't a depth there for the management to pick from or maybe just that reliant, I suppose that natural inclination that a manager has coming in to maybe just stick with the guys who've been around the block a bit. I think we said this before on the podcast that the reason Mayo haven't been able to push on and win in All Ireland is because they haven't had that depth. And when we've been looking each winter for them to bring in new players, bring in new forwards, they just haven't found them, and that's why they've had to stick with what they've had. Yeah, so now it's basically just rearranging the deck tiers on the, the Titanic and adding in, in fairness, Dermot O'Connor, uh, Patrick Durkin, uh, Evan Regan, the three or four young lads they have found. But whether that's enough of a change around tactically and enough of an injection of quality, uh, it hasn't been proven yet by them on the field uh, this year mainly. Oshin, you, you look at their you look at their subs and their impact off the bench. Uh, you look at O'Shea, who has had some sort of impact. Evan Regan, who has been in and out, hasn't really had that much of an impact. And the one surprise for me is Patrick Durkin. He's a better player than he's shown this year. He hasn't been able to play with the freedom, and that's one of the things about playing to that system is that he hasn't been able to get forward and get scores the way he does at club level, uh, and the, actually the way he did last year. Because when he played last year and he came into that team, he just played with a complete abandon, and he was given the license to do that. It's more compact. Like if you watch Mayo now, they're determined not to let you run down the middle of them so much so that they leave so much, so many gaps on the outside. If you look where Tyrone got. The majority of scores from Mally Donnelly, both sides, 
uh, Tiernan McCann both sides they had opportunity thrown also had opportunities towards the end of the game so they suck into the middle and they leave big gaps down the side and <laughs> Carr's made the point already about I was sort of going to build up to this point but he's gone <laughs> he's gone straight in well, uh, when you look at their level of performance and you look at what the Dubs have done and I think the Dubs are a better team regardless whether Jack McCaffrey's uh, Royal Carr I think the Dubs are a better team this year they're more cool they're more calculated uh, okay they only uh, got past you know carrying the last uh, couple of minutes and you would suggest that when you look at that game and you think how close it was, but when you actually, you know, in the cold light of day, try and dissect that game and realise that Dublin only sort of malfunctioned in that game for six or seven minutes and they give up two, three, two, four. Apart from that, the Dubs were mightily on top against Pretty Kerry. major malfunction, though. It was a pretty major malfunction, and, and something that it's everyone talks about how you need scoring forwards and all this kind of stuff, which obviously you know, obviously you do. But that was nothing about scoring. That that particular section of play was about guys who were disciplined enough uh, and smart enough to carry out a basic enough kind of idea. So I don't see why Mayo couldn't necessarily do something similar. Like you're not going to dominate Dublin for seventy minutes, but maybe no. they'll have something up their sleeves that will uh, allow them to at, at least ambush Dublin once or twice. Well, I would disagree with you in that. If Mayo have a purple patch, it won't be two, four, and seven minutes right. because they don't have. I don't think they have the stuff up front to do that. I, and I think, yeah. The, but the, the one thing I would say about that is like, what we've always said about say mm. why Kerry are in a better position to challenge Dublin is because they've got you know eight or nine scoring forwards. So that's you know that's how that's how Kerry can hurt Dublin. But I mean, Kerry didn't even start James O'Donoghue. Like Kerry decided that two scoring forwards effectively plus Donaghy to try and help. Gooch and Paul Ganey was going to be enough to beat Dublin, and it nearly was. And I mean, like that's the strange thing for me is that right. We've always said Mayo they don't have six fours, maybe they have three or four. Like Kerry only played two, so I mean, you know, if 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 you look at Mayo, you say Killian O'Connor and Andy Moore inside, Aidan O'Shea playing maybe you know in a, they drifts in and out and helps those two guys out. I mean, obviously Andy Moore isn't Paul Ganey; he's not going to score two, three, or two, four, or whatever. But Killian O'Connor might. And that's kind of how you create the argument. So, you know, we've talked about the lack of depth that, that Mayo have, but, you know, maybe you don't need that, that level of quality. Maybe what you need are two or three guys, like Aidan O'Shea, say, Andy Moore and Killian O'Connor, Jeremy O'Connor, throw those four, let, let those guys get the scores to win you the game, and everyone else is a workhorse. That's what Kerry tried, yeah. and it nearly came off. Yeah, I agree with you, but you're still not really selling it to me, if you, if, if you don't mind me saying that, because... <laughs> Um, if you look at Mayo's return against Tyrone was 12 points and um, they didn't have a, a lot of other really clear-cut opportunities. They kicked maybe four or five uh, bad wides, which takes them up to maybe 16 points, something like that. 16 points won't get you within 10 points of Dublin at the minute. And the other thing as well is uh, Mayo, when it has been on the line in the last quarter of All-Ireland Finals and All-Ireland Semi-Finals when it really had to be won, they just haven't had enough to push them over the line. Uh, now, I know, in fairness, they did come back last year against Dublin uh, and probably should have won the, the, the drawing game with a late surge, but that was when they were playing at a, uh, at a level that they haven't played yet this year. And what was so impressive about Dublin, I think, in the semi-final is that they got the challenge of the malfunction, but then they also got the challenge eight minutes from time. They were three points down. So Kerry posed two major challenges to them, and whereas Dublin maybe not didn't play as well as they have 
this year yet uh, in the, the Kerry game, they were still able to respond mentally to those two challenges that like, the Kerry throw down. And if Mayo were to get a position where they were close to Dublin towards the end and put down that challenge to them again, I think Dublin are well capable of responding and, and, and seeing the game out. Uh, Carl know more about this than me, but Mayo do have an opportunity to dominate the midfield ball. Mm. If they, if they, if they fo- we have to remember here that Mayo have never really, on a consistent basis, pressurised Cluxton's kickouts. Now, if they watch that semi-final and turn up on Sunday and don't do that, then I'm, I'm, I'll be absolutely bemused. Even on the horn, they've never done that. Yeah, they? so the sense you have to get during the game on Sunday is that Stephen Rashford and Mayo have done something really clever. So when uh, Dublin got beat Mayo in the All-Ireland Final in 2013, you remember the kickouts where McCarthy was running to the wing, Jerry Brennan was running to the wing, or Flynn or Connolly were running onto it from half forward. It just, you got a sense, they worked on it, that was a really clever move, Mayo's midfield was bypassed. Uh, Kerry, for that seven or eight minutes out before half time, they looked really clever in what they did. They had a move, it worked them against Dublin, they got some scores off it. You're going to have to get that sense on Sunday where uh, midfield in Mayo and they're set up for Dublin's kickouts. It looks clever. There's a move they're working on and it gets at Dublin. And the exact same one? Same one as Kerry? Is there any well, reason to go they, they've, shown them something, they've shown them something yeah. that could work. Yeah. Now, whether Mayo can do it outside of freeze, so for example, Kerry were only doing it when they had freeze and they were able to set up. If Mayo can do it with freeze, but also maybe in general play, if they're just really clued in and really kind of aware of it, that everyone pushes up the field during an attack, that they're just in position ready. Possibly, but they're going to have to do something that looks very clever uh, and to shut down those kickouts and tr- try and turn uh, Dublin over. If they are playing with the sweeper, which I think they will do, probably McLaughlin, what I think what they should do is just pass a man on up. So you pass uh, Boyle the midfield and you put some you put Parsons or whatever in centre half forward and you make sure that you have that structure. Sounds ridiculous, but the waving of the hands is really off button. It looked really off button from as far as uh Cluxton's go. So a lot of waving and stuff like that. <laughs> high high tech analysis <laughs> very clever that very clever. very close to the, the secret to beating Dublin here, I think. Yeah. Oh sorry. Are you looking yeah. more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if uh, if Mayo don't do anything and they leave it straight up, uh then yeah. because of their size uh around the middle the lack of mobility that Dublin have exposed before uh, when they come up against uh, Fenton, McCauley, or Bastic, uh, Connolly and uh, Flynn, the lack of mobility there on the middle will be exposed if they play them, try and play them straight up. Yeah, and Aidan is a big, big man in this game now uh, because uh, Eamon Dunne, who was writing in the, the Irish Times this morning, a brilliant piece about how Dublin have his number and have had his number in the last three games. In 2013, he was ran off the field, having gone into the Iron Final as a possible Footballer of the Year. Um, and then last year, left isolated in the full forward line for basically huge swathes of that game. So what would you do with Aidan O'Shea? So, yeah, it's clear that twice, uh, three times, they have his number. But that's when he was either midfield, stay in midfield, or whether he was full forward and staying in there. This year, we saw uh, against Tyrone especially, that when he had the change up between centre-forward and full-forward, and he determined when he was in both places and obviously it's based off him reading the game, that that worked very well, and that dynamic uh, it was the best demonstration of him doing that, and one of the best performances he has had for Mayo in the last few years. That's something that Dublin haven't seen uh, straight up against uh, Mayo yet. Keane O'Sullivan is number six, so if Aidan O'Shea plays at 11, what does Keane O'Sullivan do? Does Keane O'Sullivan still drop off? And if he does, then that plays into Mayo's hands, because O'Shea is going to get on a lot of ball, in a bit of space, and running at that defence, that's what Mayo would like to see. 
then if Sullivan was to push out in him uh, and there was a bit of space in the full forward line then he can decide his moments to move back in and there mightn't be as many sweepers around like there was last year when it was so easy to focus on him because it became predictable so I think it's the role he played in the Tyrone game uh, and even the Tipperary game where he's kind of filtering between the two and driving at them uh, from centre forward Well Darrow Shea suggested actually playing Killian O'Connor at centre forward maybe giving that sort of problem to to um, Keane O'Sullivan and add, adding in the fact that it hasn't really been Killian O'Connor's year in the full forward line anyway he's a talented enough footballer that he should be able to go to centre forward and, and do a job there and just take uh, take uh, O'Sullivan out of his comfort zone a bit yeah it's, it's an interesting suggestion the only thing I would say is that Killian O'Connor is very good at winning ball in, in the full forward line Andy Moore has 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 done really well since he went in there, but the Dublin's not going to let him pick those balls up. All Andy Moore's been doing is making very intelligent uh, diagonal runs from deep in the full four line, able to pick up ball and able to either turn, get a score, or um, or pass it off to some of the guys coming through. I don't think that's going to happen, and I think you're going to need Killian O'Connor in the full forward lane because he's going to have to be the ball, another ball winner in there. I think if two of them play in there and they play off each other, then you've got a chance. But there's no chance that Killian O'Sullivan O'Sull- O'Sull- is not going to play in front of that full back lane and protect them all the time. They'll filter somebody. They'll filter somebody back, and they'll make sure that Kilkenny will will mine that centre half centre half back role, and they'll make sure there's no runners coming through the middle. That's the one place that Mayo could win the game if they get enough power and enough pace through the middle of that Dublin defence. And when they get there, they've got to take their opportunities. And you know what? All the analysis, you can do all the analysis you want to do, but one thing has let Mayo down on a consistent basis, and that is the ability to kick the thing over the bar. Mm. And especially when the pressure is on. And if they can get themselves in the uh, uh, proper areas within the field in that D and to kick some scores. Keane O'Sullivan doesn't let that happen on a consistent basis. But the deployment of Aidan O'Shea is the most interesting thing because it looked in the throne game as if he had a bit of license, as if he was the one player on the Mayo team who had a bit of license to go into the full forward lane, have an impact, get back out if it's not working, you know, make that call almost himself. Um if they are going to step up, put pressure on on the on the kickouts, then you know he may spend a little bit more time at midfield than he has done against Dublin in the past. Uh, that's what I would suggest. We're anyway. talk, we're, so uh, we're always exclusively talking about what Mayo will do. Is it just taking his red now that Dublin aren't going to bring anything that will surprise us in any way? But what they will do, what they will bring, will be of such a high quality that it should be enough. I think I think Dublin will bring something slightly different. I think they will absolutely in the first ten minutes bombard. Uh, Mayo's full back line right. but I mean bombard them and put them under severe pressure they may even play Brogan Connolly and any of believe it or not maybe a Flynn or somebody in there because Flynn at, at half forward hasn't really worked you know at this stage they may put him in there just purely as a ball winner and get runners off him but I think in the first 10 minutes Mayo will find out very quickly what Dublin are that's about that's just a massive weak spot you think for Mayo full back line I think they haven't been put under enough pressure so far this year, mm. and they, when they, when I say pressure, Throne have great players in there, but they didn't have the physicality. McAlisky and O'Neill didn't have the physicality. Um, Dublin have that. They have the pace. They have ball winners, and they're cute in there. And you know, yeah. And if you think about who would probably be back there, you're looking at Brendan Harrison, uh, Keith Higgins, uh, Kevin Kane, maybe, or if Lee Keegan drops back in and Connolly with Kevin McLaughlin covering, like. 
though all of those matched up single one on one with a Dublin forward, you'd be looking maybe at Keegan's probably the only one that you'll say will do a good job on someone. The rest of them, if they're left one on one with the quality that Dublin's forwards are, they could get exposed. If Kevin McLaughlin is there covering, he's going to have to do a seriously good job. But then you're talking about that, the Dublin uh, half back line in midfield running at him, running in. And he's going to be trying to cover that as well. Like, so his job is going to be very different on Sunday. Yeah, it's it is. It's a good point, Motion. Yeah, and you know, there's there's also the first ten minutes you're attacking not just the Mayo full back line, also the Mayo mentality. Because yeah, I, I I think that, uh, say a lot of Mayo people have said, you know, this team is different. You know that whatever it takes, the, these guys will get over the line. It's actually the crowd, and James Horan said it himself after the 2013 final that at vital stages in the game, when he was expecting the Mayo crowd to be unbelievably loud and unbelievably, when they came back at Dublin on a number of st- at a number of stages in the second half of that final, the crowd were nowhere. There is like the the and he, that's what Horan said himself, which I thought was an amazing thing for a mm. Mayo manager to say about you know the in, without doubt really the best supporters in the country, but. They put the pressure on the team as well, and you know that they they feel that the uh, the the Mayo players have talked about you know that feeling coming down from the stands of right it's not our day, and as a result, the first, attacking them in the first ten minutes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, all she mentioned about his trip to the West it's the scars like of all these previous defeats, and I think I said to you Murph in the 2012 final I was in the Upper Cusick. And there was a Mayo fan that left after ten minutes when the two goals went in. <laughs> yeah, like they are there is a foreboding about a what there is. There about is the whole. and. Uh, yeah, when things start to go wrong in the big game, it's just, you know, it's another same old story. And yeah, it, it, it is a tough position for our fans, you know, to get behind a team when they're expecting something to happen and it happens and it's the seventh or eighth time in the last 20 years that it's happened. Uh, and it is very hard to get them going. So yeah, it's... Dublin haven't been scoring goals though. That's the only thing. Not to the same extent. Was it five goals? Five and five compared to eighteen and five last year. Or eighteen and six. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, they've the been stage. almost more methodical this year yeah. than spectacular at times. Now there's a certain beauty in in being methodical as they were against Kerry, but it's a di- maybe it's a slightly different type of uh, you know type of attack that they're bringing to Mayo this year. Yeah, and I think the other, the standout player for me over the last couple of games has been Dean Rock. He's just been he's mm-hmm. been very very consistent in his in his general play and the fact that you know if anything inside fifty yards that reminds going me. over the bar. Yeah, Murph had a little bit of it. I was bringing I was talking about Dean Rock talking Dean Rock up after the semi final and Murph. I'm going to paraphrase now, but essentially said you can't really rely on free takers on the big day. Anything could happen with them. So uh, as uh, one of Ireland's preeminent free takers, was she? Yeah, well, like you defend your craft. That's the biggest load of horse shade I've ever. Disrespect. Well, I think you know he sort of he's got to miss a few at some stage, I guess. He, is got, he, he might miss one. He's, yeah. he's probably at this stage. He's probably the only free taker in Ireland that's ninety to ninety-five percent, mm. and most free takers operate around eighty, eighty-five percent. The really good ones, and he's just. He's just cut above that at the minute. Any reason why? Is there any about his technique or anything? His technique is the same thing. We talk. I don't want to go over that again, but uh, it, it's the same thing over and over again. You watch him. Doesn't matter. Regardless where he is, he goes through the same technique. You watch. Uh, we'll go back to the Tyrone game. Yeah. You know when we had when they had four or five different players all using different techniques, and no free kick was the same as the next. You watch him. It's the same routine. Same steps. It's Johnny Wilkinson esque. That's the way. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. It's just bump, 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 and see when you're on the pressure, Muff. This is the thing I'd say about being on the pressure. Dean Rock kicks a 14-yard free straight in front of the goals in a practice match for Dublin 
or training or before training the exact same way as he kicks one from 50 yards in front of 82,500 people. And that's what repetition re- repetition does for you. And that's why he has become so unearned. K- Killian O'Connor hasn't no. had the sort of year that you'd expect from him. I mean, and I, I just... I just think it's it's the psychology of it all is so interesting that in the first five minutes, Killian O'Connor is probably going to get a chance to score uh, a point from a free, and you know at that stage, what exactly is going through Killian O'Connor's head? Is it all the misses? Like he hasn't had that many misses, but he has had a couple of bad days. The, just that level of pressure that a guy has to deal with. And when it's Killian O'Connor as well, it's not like, well, you know, someone else will pick up the slack. You know, like, it's all on him, whether from freeze or from play, it's all on him. Something that's just come into my mind about Killian O'Connor this year is, I just recall him taking a lot of freeze from a lot of distance. So I think he's taken a lot of freeze this yeah. year outside his range that may have affected the ones that he is normally going to score. I don't know whether Oshin is No, that. I just think, I actually think Killian O'Connor is mentally very, very strong. Yeah, mentally I, d- I very, do as very well. strong yeah, because yeah. he recovers from misses very, very quickly. And he never shirks responsibility. And you know what? He hasn't had the best year ever, but when may have been under pressure in certain games, he has stepped up. I think. I think he stepped up. And I think, you know, when he lo- he loved the opportunity of, of proving all those doubters wrong at the weekend. But I, I think he always plays well in those big, big games. The, the point about the goals on is possibly something that came out of the 2014 semi-final against Donegal where when Dublin felt they were under major pressure that game and they had to get back into it they kept going for goals kept running at Donegal defence and basically getting turned over and getting turned back this year if you think about 8 minutes ago against Kerry they weren't looking for goals they chipped over their points they got the 3 scores to bring them level and then pushed on uh, last year in the final against Kerry you know it wasn't a great day for them but they still chipped over their points chipped over their points I think maybe they've learned the worth of chipping over chipping yeah. over points and just kind of getting the lead up and if you get four or five points in a row it just kills the confidence of the other team because like, they feel the momentum is all with that team even though they don't score goals they just have the dominance and possibly that's something they've learned from the 2014 yeah but experience. the hill can't go crazy <laughs> <laughs> you know you, got, you need a goal what's the point of going, down, going <laughs> to a game if you don't score goals I don't know uh, we, we managed to get through an entire chat here without asking the big question will Mayo target Dear McConnell <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it's, is there even a point in asking it yeah. I mean like is there, a, is there a point in debating who will pick up Jeremy Connolly there's no reason for Lee Keegan not to is there not to target him not to pick him up no I can see it's happened uh, same as it happened before yeah he has uh, had a lot of success off Connolly relatively speaking in the last few years uh while Connolly has been in the media recently saying that he is better at these days reacting to that kind of abuse, he still didn't react too well to James Dolan oh, this year. Yeah. So I can see Keegan come with the same approach. Now, the only different dynamic is that it's so obvious to everyone that linesmen might be more on it and punish Keegan harder if he is the instigator. Uh, so it might be Keegan rather than Connolly getting the yellow rather than the two yellows, you know, the normal. I mean, player cap. I mean, I think it's what the, it, like the <laughs> nation, is, they've finally found a reason for player cap. Uh, to follow those two, I mean, I, like it will be unbelievably tasty. It's the thing that I like. I will be, uh, I will be watching it as well as watching the game. Yeah. I think everyone will have, have an eye on them. I, th- I think what's exciting about it as well, though, is also how good a footballer Keegan exactly. is. It's, it's not he's like not the, old, a, the old days if you just get this tiger short corner back. He's not yeah. a stopper. Yeah. Like, you know, I think Connie sees him as a peer, like and really? when, as in for quality and the level he's playing at. Like Keegan is probably the best half back in Ireland at the moment, maybe with James McCarthy. Yeah, and. I think, yeah, when he, he feels disrespected at times, Connolly, because when people are taking him on at like this, so for it to come from a peer like who somebody sees as a quality player as well, it might, yeah. it might just get into his head like that. Yeah. 
uh, or else you might see it as the challenge that he has to rise to. What do we think? It sounds like neither of you are tipping up Mayo, are you? Oshin? Uh, no, I'm not going for, I'm no. going for Dublin. Do you want to give us a scoreline? I'm hesitant because of the last day, but uh, I'm going to go... Oh, yeah, you did say Dublin. Eight or nine <laughs> points. <laughs> by eight word, nine. I believe. I'll go... S- Six or seven points. Six or seven yeah, I'm about the same. Like, yeah, I think yeah. Dublin will. Uh, Dublin won't be pulling away from Mayo early on. I think it will be a tight game for a while. I think Mayo will try and slow it down mm. and retain possession. But yeah, I think Dublin are going to pull away the second half pretty even, well. Even with the hand waving, Mayo. <laughs> well, it depends how how, 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 how yeah. <laughs> and how much they practice it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if they're all doing it in tandem, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a key question. We get brilliant lads. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Shane Curran with the kick out. The 42 year old goalkeeper. I asked the question, does anybody deserve to lose a goal Ireland Club final? Give me a tech 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 if you know the answer. It'll be heartbreak on either side. Imagine being eight up. Imagine coming from eight down. Shane Curran has been lifted by an umpire. The sub goalie, two castle barmen and a bridges men. I can't see Curran continuing. It could be his last race out of goal. Murph, your own prediction? I... Didn't get uh, specific with you earlier on, but now that the boys are giving score lines and so on, Mayo by a point. In Mayo a classic. By a, why don't you just give them give them a six point win? Make no. it e- make it easy on the Mayo supporters, Murphy. No. Give them a six to eight point win. No, in which uh, they're nine ahead at some point, and they just lose one or two. No, they just get more nervous if they were nine ahead. The only the only way the the easiest way for this to go down if you're a Mayo supporter is for them to be two points down for the entire game, and then get a goal in the last minute. The ball's kicked out. Game is over. I mean, the idea of them having to protect the lead. I don't think that should happen. I, I think that there would be... Th- that's like a public safety hazard. <laughs> uh, I don't want Mayo to be protecting a lead for like the last 10 minutes of this game. That could go badly. Can Mayo for Sam? I think they'd be um, very fortunate. Fortunate. To win, Sam. Yeah, I just don't think this is their year. Uh, I'm, I'm, what were the odds when you tipped them, Murph? Uh, before the championship... Were they like... I th- 200 to 1 oh god no, no. Mayo they're, they're no, were, they would have been considered the third or fourth favourites second favourite third favourites I'd say Dublin were odds on Kerry were 4 or 5 to 1 Mayo were 6 or 7 to 1 when was the last time Mayo won this thing 1951 since they brought the what? canister home right. it's been a curse though so personally yeah. I don't feel how they can ever win it yeah. until the curse is lifted I don't think this is going to be the weekend but you know we'll, we'll wait and see we'll, what we'll look th- back yeah what do you think of the the idea that's kind of taken hold in Boston uh, since the Red Sox ended their whatever it was eighty year long curse or whatever, uh-huh. that curse or just you know yeah, bad, or, badly run club or whatever <laughs> you know inability to be the best team yeah. in a given league at any one year, yeah. um, that you like you the idea is taken hold in Boston that it was more fun when you know they were on this crusade you know that that, that they kept losing sure and it was heartbreaking and everything but it set them apart now they're just another ball club. You know, they're just another team that wins sometimes, lose sometimes. Do they really think like that? I've been over to Boston and they seem to revel in their victories. No, well. I, I, no, I've, I've, I've heard, uh, I've, I've read a couple of pieces basically right. say, talking about this. That 
right, okay, we're on this crusade and it was heartbreaking, but it was, you know, that was us. Like it, it set us apart. Crusade. Yeah, exactly. It set us apart from everyone else. I mean, if Mayo win, Malcolm Kirkman was writing in the Times about it as well. It's like, what, like, what are we all going to do with ourselves? I think Mayo people will cross that bridge when they get to it. Well, the struggle alone towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. Is that what you're saying, basically? That's basically that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. That's uh, the man. That's Camus. Hmm. Um, yeah. Good keeper. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's uh, the idea that that winning Bloody makes you the winning the idea of winning makes you happy is is obviously uh, based on a, a misconception about happiness. Um, the idea that it exists is anything other than a transient, fleeting moment. Uh, you know, really, what you have is struggle or boredom. Yeah. That's, and that's I, have, I have both of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to stay awake. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think that uh, I, I think there's something to it, you know, um, mm-hmm. that when the time comes and they actually win this thing, maybe it's not going to be. No, it won't. It won't be everything they thought it was. It is, you know? Of course it won't. It will be. It's, it's empty. It's fool's gold. No, I think it'll be. An angel big. with feet of clay, whatever, however you want to look at it. Mm. It's just a tin cup at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, uh, but the thing about Dublin is that they're addicted to that tin cup right now. You could say they're junkies for that cup. And uh, and, and I think that from the point of view of the, the sum of human contentment, Mayo should stand aside and let Dublin get the fix they badly need. That's come back. <laughs> get the fix they need on Sunday because they will be a lot uh, more unhappy to lose than Mayo would be to win. That's the truth. And I know it doesn't seem that way. But it's true. Can you? If we're forced to go cold turkey for, <laughs> from this, from this All Ireland that we've got so used to injecting into jil- our veins, that you're judging for so bad, we, it, 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 you know, the, the effects will be long and lasting. Mayo, sure, they'll win. They'll think they think it's great. They'll probably have a few drinks, and actually, they won't even feel that good about it. They'll think, is, is this all there is? I'll come back to you on Wednesday, Ken, when you're Mayo of the All-Ireland and you're still clearing off Mayo men and sleeping Mayo men and women from your doorstep in Fairview. Or for some reason you wake up and you're in Ballyhonus with no explanation <laughs> as to how you got <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly, yeah. Speaking Swept of Fairview, up in a wild. I think we might have more of that. Oh, uh, the Fairview returns on Monday morning. Not today, that'll be the preview. Yeah, yeah. the Fairview uh, comes after Monday the Monday is the yep. day. We'll keep going with our All Ireland build up after Ken tells us what's coming up in today's Irish Time Second Captain's Football Podcast. That's. Yeah. They have asked for that, really. France are going to the World Cup. Get over This fellow Ronaldo is a cop. Boom, 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 foul. Boom, 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 yellow card. Nah, it's actually bollocks out. I have to ask you to mind your language. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Good lad. I don't throw teacups. It's not my style. I think I'd rather throw punches. What you doing down here, you surely man? <laughs> Owen, uh, we are going to talk about a little bit about the Champions League. I think, did you watch it that carefully this, this week? I watched... I'll tell you what I did, Ken. Uh, I didn't see as much of it as I had planned, but mm-hmm. I figured, hang on, we're going to be surely we're going to be doing a football podcast about the Champions League. So I caught all the highlights, all the analysis, Didi and uh, Richie late last night. Yeah, we, well, we will talk a little bit about it. Um, did you notice that there were some lopsided results in the Champions there, there League? There were quite a few, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll maybe talk a little bit about that and look ahead to some of the other football that's happening. All right, Mickey Conroy had a brilliant career with Mayo for a long number of years. Played in three All Ireland finals and just finished up. Last season was his final year with the county. Delighted to say he joins us now. Mickey, how are you doing? 
How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, yeah. What's uh, what's the scene like in Mayo at the moment? Ushie McConville has been telling us that he was there last week doing a couple of a couple of bits and bobs and that he, he kind of sensed that there wasn't as much, uh, there weren't quite as many flags, wasn't quite as much excitement as there has been in other years. What's your sense of it? Yeah, I definitely agree with him. Um, I, w- I was away myself for, for a lot of the summer and I came home Sunday night and kind of came down through tr- um, through Galway, through through Murph's hometown there in Milltown and uh, I said that there was more, you know, flags for the Galway miners than there was in, in Mayo. Anyway, that was definitely Sunday. You know, there is, I suppose, a bit more hype now uh, leading into it but um, it's, it's been a lot more low-key and, you know, maybe, maybe it's a good thing, you know, um, yeah, a lot less flags and stuff like that but it's, it's it's exciting, you know, it's still exciting. Is that just, um, you know, the, the theory is just that, that Mayo haven't really hit the heights. I suppose you, you were beaten this year in Connacht and out with the Tyrone performance maybe aside, the team hasn't played especially well. Is that, is that it or is it just a case that Mayo fans have been burnt so often before that they're a little bit afraid to get excited? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's probably a case, case of both, you know what I mean? Um, you know, unfortunately we've been very good at getting to All-Ireland Finals and maybe not getting over the line, you know, so... Uh, it's probably a case of, you know, we haven't hit the high notes yet, but look, we're still in the All-Ireland final. And um, you know, people are probably just treading with a bit a bit more caution the fact we're playing the dubs. You know, they have um, had a massive record. They're going into their uh, their fourth final in, uh, in or their third final in four years, you know. And, you know, I suppose that they probably think themselves they should have been in, in a fourth up last year when Donegal caught them. So I suppose you, you have to tread with a bit of caution there over. So that's probably the reason behind it. Uh, the Dublin Mayo rivalry over the last kind of uh, three or four years. The 2013 finally lost by a point. Drew last year lost the replay by seven, having been four points ahead after whatever it was, 55 minutes. Suffice to say, you've been as good as anyone at, at giving the Dubs a, a rattle over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the stats on it since 2006 is if we played five times, it's been 2 2 in the draw, you know? Yeah. Um, Look, I suppose if you, if you can't get yourself up for an All Ireland, well, any game against Dublin, whether it's an All Ireland final or even a league game, it's up in Cork Park. And look, Cork Park brings the best out in everybody from the pitch, the, the atmosphere, the stands, and the you know the crowd and everything's in on top of you. But All Ireland final day, especially, so I suppose that that's um, that that's you know that's an exciting thing there for for all the lads, and that's why you know Mayo have a good record against Dublin um, the last couple of years. And you know, I think uh, as regards their running ability and their power and agility around the middle and half forward line, half back line, they can match Dublin in those areas and that's probably the main reason that we've we've got close to them and beaten them on occasions and, and you know, came so close last year. I suppose that's the main reason, you know, that we've been been that close to them. Yeah. Uh, looking back at twenty thirteen and the reaction to it and reports of the game itself, it's strange. Like you, you remember it as as a game maybe that that wasn't as close as the final scoreline suggested. I mean in the end of, at the end of the day you lost an Iron final by one point. And and yet it kind of seemed that Dublin were in control of that. And I don't know if maybe the crowd played a part in that. It's it's interesting. Uh, James Horan said after that game that at key moments in the second half, Andy Moran's goal brought you level with 20 minutes to go. And instead of there being this huge roar uh, of excitement from the crowd, all that the team got and all that Horan heard was kind of nerves coming down from the stands. And like that, that's an amazing thing for a Mayo manager to say. We've been talking about already with with Ushin McConville and Caramanian. But what were your memories of that? Did did you sense that sort of sense of nervousness on the pitch, as opposed to it being God, we're right in the middle of this All Ireland final. We have a, an amazing chance to 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 win this game now. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint it. You know, with twenty minutes to go, you know, these things happen whether the crowd had influence or not. But. Dublin kind of kicked on. They're a fantastic side, you know. They're a, they're a well seasoned side. They know how to win All Ireland. And maybe maybe it was just a case on that day that they 
they knew how to get it done better than us, you know. Yeah, and it's it, it's interesting if you if maybe now Mayor every bit as hardened as as Dublin, not at the All Ireland final level, but this is a team that has experienced pretty much everything over the last three or four years, and that you know all of these defeats they you know they have to count for something, and if they if they make Mayo more hardened, maybe even more cynical, then that's something that you can take from from all that's happened over the last four or five years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know we've been in the last six semi-finals. Um, Played in played in, in the finals in, in twelve and thirteen, and um, the last two semi-finals have been two replays. You know what I mean. So all these kind of minutes and and, and uh, experiences add up. You know, and um, you know, I personally think that we're going to cash in on them Sunday. And um, you know, all the souls that the, the heartaches from the last couple of years will will uh, will um, will hopefully turn into joy on Sunday. And um, you know, nobody's going to be talking about them. If Mayo can get it done on Sunday. Nobody's going to care what happened last year. Nobody's going to care what happened even this year. From, from the different instances or the way they've been playing, you know. So, you know, from all these these things, they do add up and they do add, um, you know, get you battle hardened for for the big day. And I think um, I think Sunday could be the day that Mayor got to cash in on all those uh, past experiences. Mickey, do you think that the, do you agree with the narrative that's kind of followed the team this year that there's an added pressure based on uh, what happened with the last management team and the the players' role in that? No, I think uh, there's actually no pressure on because. Um, you know, as we said, you know, uh, at the start there, there isn't that much of a hype, and you know, people are very cautious around Mayo to, to say anything about it because look, you have to be realistic. If the Dubs, if the Dubs win Sunday, you know, they they will go down as one of the best teams ever. You know, from their players that they have and their management team and their setup, they've won the last four leagues and you know, two of the last three All Irelands, they're they're going for their third three out of four. You know, so I don't think there is any any real pressure on Mayo. Um, yeah, fair enough. You know, the the management team last year, whatever happened. Um, you know that they got their new system in place there, but um, I, I don't think that's going to have a bearing on it. No. The uh, in, in terms of the game itself, we've been talking a little bit about the dynamic. We're assuming Lee Keegan will be picking up Dermot Connolly, and uh, it's just an interesting one having played with Lee Keegan for so long. He seems to enjoy, he seems to rise at a big occasion anyway, but he's done very well against Connolly. He's done better than pretty much any other defender has over the last few years. Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. But like you know, on the, on the other note, uh, Lee Keegan has three All Stars. You know. I think he's won three in a row, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. 12, Conley, Conley only has one, you know. Yeah, yeah. He only has one All-Star. Conley has only yeah. one All-Star, <laughs> Yeah, but look, at All-Stars, All-Stars aren't, um, aren't, aren't to be on end all either. You know, a lot of people say that they're picked from the media and stuff like that, and a lot of people that have won All-Stars shouldn't have won them, and maybe guys that have, haven't won them should have won them, you know, that sort of way. But, yeah, Lee Keegan has done a massive job. Um, I'm, am I surprised? Not one bit. Um, I've actually had to mark him over the, over the years, and... Look at he's 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 an amazing footballer. He's some engine, you know. When you think you have him, when you think he's tired. He just goes again, and you know he's not slow. He's very strong. He's deceptively quick. Um, you know he's 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 like a man since fifth gear the whole time. So uh, you know, like the last couple of years, I think the last over the last two games or the last couple of years, he's held um, Jim McConley just to two points, um, which is is no mean feat. You know, the you know people are saying he didn't play that well last day against Kerry, but he still got three points from play. Um, hmm. So you know. That's the kind of influence he's having on it. But you know, Sunday, I, I presume they're going to go with um, Lee Keegan and Jim McConley. But you never know. You know, you never know uh, with Mayo that they, they could. This year, they've they've been very. Um, they've done different in their approach. You know, some days they play Kevin McLaughlin as a sweeper. They played Barry Moore in the last day for the the height advantage that Michael Quinlivan had on the in the full forward line. So you don't know what they're going to do, and and, and that's the thing about it. The the, the camp is kept. Um, very tight-lipped and even, you know, I know a lot of them and I speak to a lot of them personally this week and nothing's coming out of it, you know. Now, 
And let me tell you, I would, I'd be a man to ask, you know, but I mean, they're, still not, they're, they're still not uh, giving me any nuggets of information, which is fine, it's grand, you know, we're having a bit of crack about it, but, uh, you know, they, they just seem very um, very together and very, you know, ready for Sunday and, and keep, keeping it keeping it tight and, and, and just ready to go. So, you know, look, at, uh, I presume, I presume Lee Keegan is going to pick up Jeremy Connolly and uh, if he can do do a job in him, you know, Mayo have a, have a huge chance of winning the, winning the All-Ireland. And I know for, for a fact that the likes of you know, Lee himself and, and, and Colin Boyle or Keith Higgins, if they're given man marking a specific man marking job, they'll sacrifice their game for the team. Do you know whether it is wherever they have to follow their their men they'll do it, you know? Yeah, it sounds like awkward conversation, Mickey. You're asking what the team is gonna be and they're talking about I, I don't know, property prices or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're on about Donald Trump building the board, <laughs> so. um, No, no, I I'm not I wouldn't be really asking about the team, but you know what I mean? We'd be chatting away and I I drop something in quick, you know, but they're very fast. They're very fast but, you know, by form, they're very fast to, <laughs> to deflect, you know, but I don't know we're just having a bit of crack. But they're seeing very relaxed, and uh, you know, I, I I know for a fact, really looking forward to it, and and, and they've trained very very hard over the last months. Is is from what I'm getting from the camp, and uh, you know, cannot wait to to, to get stuck into three thirty on Sunday. Yeah, great stuff. Sounds like you think they'll do it anyway. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I fancy them from, from January to be honest. I hundred percent think they're going to do it. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are thinking that they won't or whatever like that, and the bookies giving them no chance. Um, but I think they're they're a mile around. Okay, great stuff for listening. Enjoy the day, Mickey Conroy. Great to talk to you. Thanks a million. No bother. Thanks a million. Andrew, that's the question. That's going to be answered tonight. Tonight. So now, come here tonight. Tonight. Into Wexford Park, and they just must produce the goods tonight. Tonight. Their team is better set up tonight. Tonight. But they just, the bottom line is, Michael, they have to do tonight. Tonight. No, I think Hawk have made a massive boo boo with our matchups. Massive boo boo. I get the sense Mickey's been pretty genuine there, Murph. It sounds like he's not refusing to divulge information to us. (laughs) His teammates, his ex-teammates are refusing to divulge information to him. As tends to happen quite a lot when... You, you often hear it's a sign of a good camp when they're not spilling the beans about all the secrets. I'm pretty sure Tommaso Shea has said that about Mark in the past, that he doesn't necessarily get much out of him. And definitely Eamon McGee said that in the time that he was out of the panel in the early Jim McGuinness yeah, days, year, yeah. Neil McGee would arrive home and go, and Eamon would be like, what, what, what's the crack house training on? Can't say. <laughs> okay, well, who, who's going okay, well? Can't be, say. You're you know? being a total weirdo he, about He actually this, said to him, uh, I think, I think he or else somebody else, I think it was his brother, could have been... Um, was Cassidy Club Aid? One of them said, said to him, listen, just to stop this from being awkward, don't ask me any questions about the panel because I'm not telling you. Eamon <laughs> said that, I think it was an interview with Colin Parkinson there yeah. quite recently. Maybe someone needs to say that to Mickey. Don't make this awkward. Mickey, we love you. You know, you're our forever teammate. You're forever in our hearts. But don't ask me whether I'm marking German Connolly at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Interesting yeah. that he even raised the idea that that might not be happening. Now, that... Yeah, Who I mean, knows? I'm sorry. My spidey senses were tingling, they were tingling as he was one. saying that on. Okay, okay. Which leads me to think: oh, Did he want your by five points? Yeah. No, he's playing us. Mickey Conroy is playing us for a fool on. All right, a great day for Ireland yesterday at the Paralympics. Winning Wednesday, they called it, which I quite liked. Two gold medals in the cycling: Katie George and Levy and Eve McChrystal as a pair in the time trial. Owen Clifford also got a gold, a silver for Colin Lynch in the cycling, and Ellen Keane won bronze in the swimming. Keane gave an absolutely brilliant interview afterwards to Ivani Quill and I was watching this one and uh, just a I picked up on something here just a note to all parents of elite sports people out there maybe you know when they're about to race in the biggest race of their life mm-hmm. maybe just keep those nerves that you're feeling 
yeah, they're probably feeling those as well. So just just maybe keep them away from the athlete. Internalize. Mm-hmm. We have a family WhatsApp, and uh, we're on a media ban for 48 hours before, but we're laying on WhatsApp. And my whole family were having a conversation about it, and my dad was like, my nerves, I can't do this. So I had to text him being like, I can see everything you're saying. Stop, make a new group chat, because I don't want to know this. And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, knock him dead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> So she knocked him dead and got her bronze. A fair, a fair lesson, I think, for all parents there. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah. keep it. Uh, just set up a separate WhatsApp group. Yeah, it's, all it's good. kind of, you know, you got to understand that, yes, you are feeling something, but, uh, you know, the uh, the actual athlete's probably feeling it 10 times more. So, you know. Ken, I look forward to the fair view on Monday. Would it be reflecting on a Dublin victory? You you feel it will? Do you want to give a... Have you given a winning margin? I think it'll... Uh, the, margin, the margin isn't important. Okay. But I do feel... And so it will be another Dublin victory. Mm-hmm. One day we'll beat this addiction, but not yet. <laughs> thanks, Ken. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Thanks, Murph. <laughs> thanks, Alan. Thanks, thanks, Ken. Thanks very much for listening. Enjoy the Ireland, and we will talk to you um, on Monday, a programme that will include the Fairview. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys.